What's up, everybody? We're going to build off of the last video that talked about the three things that you need to know before you get into strength and conditioning. This is going to be program design made very, very simple from a very high 10,000 foot view about what you need to do when you're going to be a strength and conditioning coach. If you remember the third thing we talked about in our prior video, if you did not watch it, it's linked down below. But the third thing we talked about is you need to understand your progressions and regressions. You need to understand your progressions and regressions within each category of what we're going to talk about today. So the categories, we're talking strictly in the weight room right now. We're going to film another video and we're going to explain everything in terms of energy system work, sprint work, on-field stuff. This right here is from a 10,000 foot view, things that you need to program and the categories that you're going to program them for. We're not going to talk about specific sets and reps. We're just going to talk about the different categories that you want to make sure that you're progressing and periodizing, whether it's in season or in the off season. Depending on how often you train your athletes, that's when you're going to look at whether the micro cycle, the meso cycle, or the whole macro cycle, right? For me, I like looking in season at about a two week phase. Be, uh, excuse me, two-week model because you might only get your athletes twice a week. That way you can make sure over those four exposures, you're touching on those different qualities because everybody is pretty familiar with the block periodization of certain qualities not being touched once every seven days. That's the reason behind um, what I was proposing. So without further ado, I'm going to drink my coffee. You guys do the exact same. Cheers. And let's get into it. So a lot of this has come from my experience when I was at Iowa and Harvard. This was taught to me there, um, and I've made my own tweaks to it over the years. But the very first category is your ground-based explosives. So ground-based explosives, the main three categories within that, your Olympic lifts, your med ball work, and then your jumps, hops, leaps, etc. Olympic lifts, you're probably like, oh my God, you're saying do Olympic lifts. That's not what I'm saying. But if you're doing them, it is in this category. And remember, I have also gone on record multiple times saying snatches and jerks, love them, keep doing them. It's just the hang power and the power cleans for athletes that don't have the mobility and don't need to waste time um, technically with those. So that's the category. Again, within the jumps, your jumps, two leg takeoff, two leg land, leap, one leg takeoff, opposite leg land, hop, single leg takeoff, same single leg land. And then that way, if you're using these terminology, you can then add, you know, forward, medial, lateral, rotational, and then you can add the ground contact with it. So if I'm saying I'm jumping forward continuous, uh, my athletic trainer knows exactly what I'm doing and how to regress it for anybody that they might be training on the side. Next category. We're looking at lower body push, and this is kind of your anterior chain, your knee dominant movements, and these can get broken up into bilateral and unilateral. So an example, bilateral, we would be doing some version of a squat, unilateral, a step up. This is where we say you need to understand your progressions and regressions because your novice athlete doesn't need to be going back to the prior video with Cal Dietz and his AFSM squat doesn't need to be doing that. They could just be doing a regular goblet squat. But again, notice they're in that category of knee dominant bilateral or, uh, you know, a novice athlete doing a step up versus hand supported max effort Hatsfield split squat. See where we're going with that. So that's category number two, lower body knee dominant. Category number three 
in the weight room would be posterior chain. All right, so number three, posterior chain. Posterior chain is going to get broken up into knee dominant and hip dominant, and those are also going to get broken up into bilateral or unilateral. So hip dominant, that would be a version of an RDL. Your knee dominant would be a version of your Nordic or a razor curl, whatever you want to call it. Category number four, that'd be horizontal pushing. That will get broken up into bilateral, right? Two arm or single arm. Category number five, guess what it's going to be? Horizontal pulling. Exactly. So it's just going to be the opposite of what you did. That's also just going to be double arm or single arm, but we're working on that pattern. Category number six, vertical push. Take a guess what category seven is going to be. You're right, vertical pull. So both six and seven, double arm or single arm, just like categories five, or excuse me, four and five were in the horizontal plane. Once you've kind of gotten all those big ones, right, those are your seven, ground-based explosive, knee dominant, uh, lower body, posterior chain, which is hip dominant and knee dominant, then you have your upper body push, upper body, horizontal push, horizontal pull, vertical press, vertical pull. Those are your seven main categories. Then you have your kind of extra feeler, smaller muscle groups, your neck, wrist work, calves. That also is, you know, an area that needs to be considered. If I forgot something that you deem, you know, really important in there, shins, right? It, it, um, shin work, go ahead and add that in that eighth category. And then I did not leave out torso, but torso work is its own category because your torso work runs from nipples all the way down to your knees. And the way that I, we classify your torso work is first category would be flexion, some version of a sit-up, whether it's the torso going to the legs or the legs going to the torso. Category number two would be rotation. So a med ball throw or a Russian twist. Category three, lateral flexion, probably going to be your dumbbell side bend, or it could be a version of like a hip thrust. Category four, inner unit and stability version of your um you could say a front plank you know or a dead bug is probably going to be more close to what we're talking about in category number four category five is hip so that is hip abduction so going away from the body and hip adduction going towards the body probably your clamshell type work or your copenhagen's right for ab and then adduction Those, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, are all going to be your torso work that's actually producing movement where you're moving. The next four within this nine in your torso, those are all going to be the anti, so resisting movement. Your torso is helping you to produce movement, but it's also helping you not produce movement. So the first category would be anti-flexion. So the easiest way that I've ever seen this is an anti-flexion press. So what you would be doing is if I'm facing you in the camera, that's where a cable column would be. You're pressing forward and the column is trying to pull you forward into flexion. You are resisting that and staying in anti-flexion. Category two, anti-extension. This would be your ab wheel, TRX, fallout, whatever you want to call it, even a front plank because you're resisting going into that extension in that arched back position. You're trying to resist that. Um, Your torso is resisting extension and you're going to train them. And that's why people love a front plank. It makes them feel good, makes them feel strong, but it also is teaching the musculature closest to your spine to resist that extension. Category three within the torso anti-movement would be anti-lateral flexion. 
This could be done with a side plank, right? You're resisting bending sideways. A dynamic version of it would be a farmer's carry. You could do an overhead payoff press, which would technically be anti-lateral flexion. You could be doing on a glute ham raise, a press out. So now you're, again, your body is resisting gravity to be flexed laterally. And then finally, number four, we kind of talked about it before with the, the right there before was with the overhead payoff press is anti-lateral flexion, straight out payoff press, payoff press, however it's pronounced, but it's trying to rotate you towards the cable column. Your body is resisting that rotation. So those are your nine within the torso category. Number one, flexion, then rotation, lateral flexion, inner unit instability work, hip work. Those are the five that produce movement. Right, then the last four, anti-flexion, anti-extension, anti-lateral flexion, and anti-rotation. So those are your nine within your torso work. And these are all, like I said, 10,000 foot view. We're not giving you sets and rep recommendations. We're also not giving you specific exercises. We gave you an example so you would be able to understand and, and learn your progressions and your regressions. But I don't want to stifle you if you're like, hey, I really love Zerks or squats. And hey, you realize that that fits in your knee dominant push with your more refined group of athletes. Awesome. Good for you. Keep doing that. Let us know what you've done in the comments down below so that way we can continue this conversation or head over to our social media right send us a dm even better get inside the network get inside strength coach network talk about this deeper with us let us help you with these specific questions inside the network you click the link down below you can go to the membership and join page and we can talk about it inside the network so thanks for listening have a great rest of the day